When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. At Stangy Law Firm, we represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri. Hey, Typology Tribe! Ian Morgan Cron, welcome to the show on which we explore the mystery of the human personality through, through the, the lens, lens of, of the, the Enneagram. Enneagram. I'm here with my friend, guru, handler, Anthony Skinner. <laughs> Ian Cron, how are you doing? Man, I'm I'm doing well. You know why? Tell me why. Because it's holiday time. It is holiday time. Tell the people about where we were uh, this past Sunday. Man, we went to the city of Franklin's Christmas tree lighting in the square. Woohoo! It was something, wasn't it, man? It was awesome. I got sick eating the kettle corn, though. Oh, man, that kettle corn smelled so good. And fake snow. Oh, had some flurries. A lot of fake Kids snow. Kids running around. Yeah, it was awesome. Right? Oh, and singing all the carols around the tree. Oh, and there were, the Come place on. was it's packed. Like, yeah, it's what? It's been voted like the number one small town in America, I think. And it was pretty much the quintessential small town experience. It was, man. Yeah. You know, my only problem is, you know, but let me ask you a question. Yeah. All right. So, what is your. What did your grandmother used to get you for Christmas every year? Because <laughs> I was just thinking about this the other day because I came across one. What did your grandmother used to give you every year at Christmas? Okay, every year I got socks, but not just any sock. I got tube socks. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the ones with like the little rings, yeah. like the, like the yes. little striped rings yes. around them? Yeah, seventies, nineteen. I mean, do, can you? I don't even know where she. How did she even find them? Right? I, I don't know. <laughs> so, what did your grandmother get you? Okay, well, every year, my dearly departed grandmother used to buy me a velour <laughs> pullover sweatshirt. No. Yeah, made of velour. No. Yes, I'm not kidding you. No way. I never, I promise, I don't think I ever wore it once except when she made it try, <laughs> made me try it on in for front of pictures, her. For, for the pictures, for the Christmas pictures. Totally. Yeah. There are pictures of me out there in sage oh, green velour. Word. But I did, I can tell you this about velour. Velour, nothing will apply turtle wax to your car like velour. <laughs> it's soft, it won't scratch, it's... I mean, it's hard to find creative gifts. The tube socks made great rags. You can right? slide your hand right in there. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> wax on, wax off. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. So it is hard to, I mean, I personally, let's face it, it's hard to find creative gifts, right? It is. Well, and speaking of creative gifts. Right. Let's talk about what we're drinking out of right now. What? Yeah, let's talk yeah. about what we're drinking out of. So I, I got excited a couple of weeks ago with some uh, folks that I work with. And I, I was trying to think of ways we could kind of like share the gift of the Enneagram, like yes. with, you know, with your family, with friends, with your coworkers and stuff, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what I did is I I created um, a bunch of like coffee mugs. Right? We're holding them right now. We're holding them right now. Here, give me a yep. cheers. Boom. Let's slurp on the Let's mic for me. Here we go. Mm. Mm. And they work too. They work really well. They're not like really well. they're not like so anyway, these are Enneagram coffee mugs, right? So one comes like in black and white. It's got the number, the name of your type, right? In a cool design. Mm-hmm. And then there's another one, 
right? That's more of a uh, a colorful, you know, vine scroll thing, you know. But here's the cool thing. Like, personally, like for me, right? I'm going to buy one of each of these mugs Mm -hmm. for every member of my family. I mean, like... A friend of mine last Christmas sent me a picture of he and his whole family holding up copies of our book with one hand, and then they got like 10 kids. Uh-huh. And then in the other hand, or hands, you know, however they did it, they were showing what their number, their was, number right? was. So I was like, well, man, what if they had coffee mugs? They could all be walking around with their coffee mugs with their number and the name of their type on it. And we have the coolest Enneagram t-shirts Come on. ever. I love it. Right? And this one, the one we're, we're going to be re- releasing more in the future, but this one just says like Enneagram in a cool box on the front of a black shirt and white. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's totally, I'm still Very, about very it. cool. It yeah. is very cool. So here's the deal. Yeah. This is for like friends, family, you know, like your coworkers, a team of people. At work. When can we get it? Right now, Buster. <laughs> That's what I want to know. Yeah, man. When can I get my shirt? You want to get one of those under your, and it's not in velour. It's just nice plush cotton, right? right okay, right. so it you can put it in your stocking. You can put it under the tree. You can do whatever you want with them. But if you go to www.iancron forward slash shop, you can buy one of those Enneagram themed mugs with your numbers on it and on. whatever else for your family, friends, coworkers. Um, you know, it seriously, it's a fun gift. Super fun. It's awesome. A, it's a fun Hang on gift. Just a second. Oh, uh, click yeah, the oh, oh look, they didn't break. Yeah. Mmm. Mmm. Ooh, that's sturdy ceramic oh, wear. That's good. Ooh, that's good. That'll beat a velour pullover that's sweatshirt good. any day yeah. of the week. Oh, yeah. God bless you, Grandma. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> hey, I am so excited for our show today. Yeah. Do you know who's on? Tell us who. It is my dear friends, David Dark and Sarah Mason. And with no further ado, shall we get to it? Let's do it. All right. Here's my interview with my dear friends, David Dark and Sarah Mason. Sarah Mason, David Dark, welcome to Typology. Thank, Thank you. you. Glad to be here. Yeah. I have been I have been looking forward to this. The last time I think we saw each other was at Lady Lodge. We did an artist retreat together and it was a shimmering weekend for me. For us too. Yes. Yeah. We talked absolutely. about it a long time after. We did. We took it home with us. Yes, we did. Sarah, do you know when I fell in love with you as a human being? I mean in an appropriate way, David. Uh, <laughs> do you know when I fell in love with you? Is when you said at one point, you just exclaimed is the right word, aloud. I can't remember why. Hurry up and matter. <laughs> <laughs> that is a Sarah Mason original right there. Oh yeah. my gosh. Do you know that's like the best book title I've heard? Oh gosh. Like ever. It was like hurry up and matter. This yeah. is wildly nashville what a nashville yeah. thing to say right yeah. maybe i guess i don't know but it's uh it's in the uh same tradition as sweat into the oldies maybe too i don't know yes, <laughs> <laughs> you <have> to matter. <laughs> so good well we have uh david you are an enneagram nine yes so you are an enneagram six a phobic yes. six right yes probably <laughs> right yep. yeah okay so you know the difference between a phobic and a counterphobic six uh, no, tell me the difference. Oh, okay. So uh, the phobic six is the one that's actually in touch with their fear and anxiety, mm, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, so they're really cognizant of it. Like they they know I'm a fear-based person for sure. <laughs> oh, right? yeah. Then that's me. <laughs> so the counterphobic six is a fear-based person who doesn't know Ooh. they're a fear-based person. They're actually out of touch with their fear. So 
you get instead of Woody Allen, a phobic six, right. you get George Carlin, who oh. the comedian George Carlin. Do you ever uh-huh. watch George yeah, Carlin? Yeah, yeah. Who was aggressive. And so, and always trying to take down the man, the authority figure of the man, you know, or, or religion, taking down religion, or whatever it was, everyone's right. out to get you. So there was mm. that paranoid, you know, unhealthy six loyalist devil's mm. advocate mm-hmm. thing going right. on. And, um, <clears throat> but they're often confused with eights. Ooh. Counterphobic sixes. Like, a lot of people will say, I'm not going to say what my opinion is, they'll say Donald Trump is an eight. But others will say, uh-uh, he's a counterphobic six. Mm-hmm. And so that's a very – one day maybe we'll have that conversation on the show about, you know, mm-hmm. is our president, if I dare, to go, to go there uh, to discuss uh, whether that's – whether the uh, aggression – we can all agree that we have yeah. an aggressive president. I don't think anybody would say we don't. Mm-hmm. Um, he's certainly not, you know – uh, Ronald Reagan, you know what I mean? Uh, soft-spoken nine. Uh, but you've got a guy that uh, you can't tell. Is it is it a fear-based aggression or is it an anger-based aggression? Hmm. That's the difference. Yeah. Hmm. Fascinating, I think. Six, I yes, love sixes. No, yeah, well, thank you. <laughs> I have such an affection for sixes. And it's very interesting to me. Maybe you can help me understand this. I often have sixes and ones tell me, I wish I wasn't a six. Okay. Why do you think that is? Why are some sixes like, I don't want to be a six? Well, I don't know. I I don't know. I mean, there's all kinds of parts of myself that I'm trying to become better friends with, right? But sure. I don't think um, it's the sixiness of me. <laughs> it's very interesting. I think some sixes, maybe maybe it's because we think there are more sixes than any other type. Now, I've heard that, but I I would think just a four would be bothered by that. Like, there's a ton of sixes in the world. I mean, unless you meant it in kind of like, ah, hey, you're no big deal. I think no, everybody's really important, but... I, no, they do. because the they, sixes believe that. The sixes believe it. Oh, okay. Sixes are the ones who are more like, ah, oh, I didn't want yeah. to be a six. Well, we were, ta- we were just talking the other night. We had... There was this period in our lives where we were reading. Was it? How do, I never know how to pronounce her name. Pema Chodron. Pema Chodron, the, yeah. the okay. Buddhist Tibetan yeah. Buddhist right. teacher. She's and there wonderful. was a book called "The Places That Scare You." Oh yes. And good. in that book, I think it was that book. Mm-hmm. The question was, "What is the one thing that you're sure of more than anything, and what's the one thing that you're afraid of?" Right. Mm. I mean, they're great questions, anyways, to yes. just kind of start a good conversation with yourself and the people you love. And um, one of my, we were asking each other this last night on our walk, like, well, what would you say now kind of thing? Um, and I, I mean, there's a, it's not, it's not like the one and the only, sometimes that's not helpful, but one that is one of my sure things is that everybody's really important. Um, maybe not a totally sustainable belief all the time for me because I get annoyed with people and myself and all that kind of stuff. But, but so I wonder if that's why I don't think of it as like a, you know, a bad thing to be a six. Cause I think everybody's kind of important, right? To it, if you can be yourself fully wherever you are, that's like such a gift. Like that's the goal totally. in the culture, right? For your yeah. one little life in this one little time period or something and and what you just kind of articulated so beautifully this is one of the reasons i'm so happy you're both on this show because mm-hmm. you're so articulate about things of the heart and of the mind which is a rare combination in people usually they're a little more fluent in one language than the other and i love the fact that the two of you seem to be equally strong in both arenas but you know 
these are the sixes are called the loyalists sometimes the devil's advocate um and because of their ability to see what could go wrong uh in a plan at any given moment Mm -hmm. and seem to when they're not very aware self-aware they blurt it out you know like oh boy if we do that and it kind of like can deflate the room if it's a big dream plan right right? kill joy right can be they can be a wet blanket if they're not careful Mm. if they're not doing their work you know, yeah, and, and sort yeah. of able to monitor and self-regulate that impulse at times, mm. you know. Um, but you all are, are such community-oriented people, and you're so not just loyal to other people and institutions or churches or, com- you know, communities. Mm-hmm. You also are um, so encouraging and nurturing of other people. You You love to, I think, um, sometimes at your own expense, but hold other people up to become their best and who they are and succeed. And because you want everybody to win, I, I do. I think that's so beautiful about sixes. Well, that's a really nice thing to say. I hope. I hope I am doing that. It could be just a survival mechanism, though, right? Like if everybody does their part, then we'll survive. Well, <laughs> which is not very. You know, that doesn't, I mean, that has its own whatever, but, but I, I hear what you're saying. And thank you, Ian. That's really Yeah. Kind. I mean, you know, I, uh, I, uh, that, that is my phone ringing. Oh, oh good. And it sounds like a sounds, FaceTime. I you, bet you it's like, should we FaceTime someone yeah, on the that. podcast? I totally want to know who this is. Let's do so this. So we can put them on FaceTime. Yeah. Oh, it's a sales call. I know oh, it is. Oh, yeah. golly, I hate that. Well, they're important, is. too. Ah, they're important, too. <laughs> they're important. I was hoping it was one of my kids FaceTiming, and we could have oh, we we drug them on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've had them on before, and they were fantastic. Now, David, you are a nine. Yeah. You are a sometimes the – most often they're called the peacemakers. Yes. Sometimes the mediators, mm. which is a, a nice um, – uh, quality, uh, as is loyalists, you know, and as but you, as you were alluding to, Sarah, you know, we any of these um, types when when they're when we rely on them too much, when we're too attached, when our grip on this way of being in the world is too strong, right? It then begins to invert right on itself. It's like uh, you know this from being a theology and. Mm-hmm. Professor, that's like insect—is it incurvatus? Say when you bend in on yourself, it was a coyness. Okay, yeah. So that's his thing. You almost like the type gets you to bend in on yourself, and it kind of becomes your fixation. You know, yeah. right. it becomes the ring. Yeah. Uh, you know. Wasn't there like a face of godness? Yes. Part of the mm-hmm. whole thing. I I loved that part of the enneagram kind of. Yes. You know, work that yes. we, we that we possess all the numbers, but we yes. operate in a particular beautiful. Way. So uh, let me just reference. I've referenced it before, but it's so worth repeating. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you if you think about the enneagram as a reflection of the face or of God, the nature and character of God, well, then you know you would as a nine, mm-hmm. you would represent uh, in a very special way, manifest in a very special way, the peace of God. Mm-hmm. You would represent the faithfulness of God, the un, what I call the undying loyalty of mm-hmm. God. Uh, a five would be the wisdom uh, or the omniscience of God. Fours, the beauty and pathos of God. Threes, threes are hard to peg, but I like them as glory, hmm. as glory of God. Twos, love of God. Ones, the goodness of God. Not the perfection, which is what some people think, but ones are very concerned with goodness. 
Yeah. In the in the capital G, almost. That's uh, a lovely soft way of talking about perfectionism because it's automatically yeah. a negative thing. But if it's good, then that's no, good. And, and no, and I actually I try. Yeah. It's hard not to call them when you're doing helping people learn their number, not yeah. to call them perfectionists because right away they go boom, that's mm-hmm. it. But I like to call them the improvers. Yeah, that's good. Because they can improve everything, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so and then so six as I just said, seven's the joy of God. And eight would be the power and justice of God, right? The might, maybe, would be another word yeah. for eights. Now, of course, those are all the facets of the dimensions of God's heart, mm-hmm. but they're pretty big buckets, right? Yes, indeed. Which brings me to nine, right? Okay. So I, this is a bit of maybe a downer, but yeah. uh, nines are on the top of the Enneagram. I was just reading Sandra Matry the other day. Do you know her? She, no. she wrote no. a book called The Spiritual Dimension of the Enneagram. She writes, it's very dense material, but quite good. Mm. But she talks about nine is sort of the headwaters of the Enneagram. Okay. Isn't that a nice term? Well, what does the headwaters mean? Well, I the guess. source, like the river's oh, yeah, yeah. source. Okay, okay. So, you know, it's almost as if the nine's at the top, and then it so much of the nine comes down along both sides. And what, what she would say about that uh, is that um, the sleep quality of nines, mm-hmm. the, the way they fall asleep to themselves mm-hmm. uh, at times when they're not healthy, mm. is indicative of all of the spiritual condition of the Enneagram, which is we're all asleep okay. in our particular types. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think, again, I've said this before, so forgive me, people, but like the reason we should, as- I mean, yeah, we, we we all are nine. All we contain all nine types. We just lean into one mm-hmm. dominantly. But I think you know, like nine is at the summit for a reason. It's because I think when they're healthy, I mean, they're just kind of the spiritual giants of the enneagram. Mm. When they're healthy, they they when they're awake, when mm. they're really awake, mm-hmm. in that almost mystical contemplative way, it's well, the Dalai Lama would be an example, mm-hmm. or um, you know. Countless other. It's just like that's to me the paragon of hmm. spirituality. Is that that's the mystical worldview? You know, it's the way of mm-hmm. seeing the world. What do you think? What do you think, sir? Is that true? Wait, you're asking me if that's true. Do you true? think that's true, David? Is he, when he's awake. Well, I mean, really... I'm a little biased. I mean, I'm crazy. Well, let me about ask him, Anthony so then. Like... Anthony, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. I know what you mean. I'm giving you a hard time. Yes, I mean, I guess, I mean, I was going to ask you, David, like, Go. how did, like, when he describes you that way, you feel? Well, <clears throat> when things are going well in the classroom, um, I can synthesize things. I can, I tell my students that difference need not be a conflict, um, but can be an opportunity, can be a breakthrough, and that disagreements, which they think, Oh, tension, oh, conflict, must avoid this. I have lately said that disagreements are the sunshine, that there's no um, real peace to be had between people unless there's a recognition of difference. And um, I think the class, when I can get a discussion going where people are really, really upset (laughs) with one another over who they voted for, or um, how they're reading the news, <clears throat> but I can nevertheless get them to enjoy listening, get people to, the a phrase that I lately use is, slow the tape. Mm. Like over, it's like, I know there's reactions that you have, but just give yourself that extra five seconds so you can respond instead of reacting. Mm-hmm. And I think that when I'm doing well, 
in the classroom, I kind of sell almost everyone on that idea that they each have time to figure out what their best selves might bring to the conversation and be less quick to um, shut people down. So as you were describing the headwaters thing, a kind of enveloping of um, different personalities um, and trying to help them to see each other, I think that is kind of my gig. I've lately won, I've been very quick since the presidential election to um, find myself dramatizing conflicts that people seem to be um, avoiding. Like I, I have a deep sense that risk aversion is costing us everything. Mm. That people not wanting to um, offend anyone or risk um, um, kind of bringing on the wrath of someone in authority, that that's really costing our country um, big time. So it's been interesting to think of myself as a nine, while also noting that I'm trying to place the facts of where we are in front of people over and over again. Yes, you are. And it's I, like, I, I how is you. that? How do, why do I keep going back um, to the record <laughs> of, of what we know about um, people in charge of us? In who, I mean, a big one. For <laughs> Feel free to edit this out if this ends up being inappropriate, but I can't get over the idea that um, an electorate and the representatives of that electorate allowed a man who has not read the Constitution and will not consent to having it read aloud to him. Um, you know, he won't be quiet enough to hear it. How we could get to the point that we would say, just go ahead and swear to uphold it. You know, mm. that, that that there's somehow, and that, that can feel like a form of obsessive compulsion to me that I'm so anxious over that kind of thing. But I do lately um, believe that sin is active flight from a lived realization of available data. Oh, say that again. Sin is active flight from a lived realization of available data. Is that like saying uh, it is the refusal to know what you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Oh, that's I think so. so good. And so I feel so in that mix I am constantly trying to take people back to that. Um who do we credit and why? Who do we excuse and why? And um I think that's the that's the question and it's not a partisan question, it's an omnipartisan question because if we only want to know um what makes our people look good and we will forcibly suppress any data, any information that makes us doubt our progress in a particular direction. I, I do think that's the the haste that is the sin that is the cover-up. Um, but nothing's hidden, really. I mean, it's all there. And it's been interesting trying to negotiate that mm. in my head. Because I think I do avoid conflict... But I think I've found it really important to kind of return to lived acknowledgement of recent history. I want to come back to that because I, what I want to know, and I'll just plant the seed of it, is okay. uh, is that willingness or that even embracing of conflict and of 
not being risk averse, mm-hmm. does it play out only in the classroom and social media or does it in, in your personal life? Oof. And I'm going to ask maybe the two of you. <laughs> oh, oh, Sarah's rolling her eyes. I mean. No, I'm trying to understand the question. Well, so to me, because I, I follow you yeah. on Instagram or on Twitter, Twitter is where I. Twitter is the big one. Twitter is the is big in one. Danger of right, yes. Taking over my life. <laughs> <laughs> because no. I, could, I could always. Yeah, I, I go for it. I'm. I'm pretty. Uh, I've seen you read some pretty incend- write some pretty incendiary stuff. Yeah, not to me, but it would be to a lot of other people. Yeah. So I my risk question incendiary. is right. So my que- that is not very nine behavior. It's mm. pretty conflict in that's a, that's conflict welcoming material, yes. right? You're going to get assault, yes. uh, probably. And my question is: Is it safe for a nine to do that behind the the curtain of mm. social media? Is yeah. it safe to do in a classroom because you're in charge? Yeah. And you can you actually get to mandate or manage the conflict on your terms. I get to direct it. Yeah. Uh, but I'm asking, what is it like with your what's conflict like with your wife or your son or a dear friend? Is it as easy to do in those situations, or are you more averse to it in those mm. situations? I th- I think I do. Um, do well. Okay. I think one thing that I am often, and this is a phrase that. Sarah dropped on me that I am optimistic to the point of denial. Ah, uh, um, wow! My, but I'm realistic to the point of oblivion. So I yeah. think somewhere in there That's right. we make a great team. <laughs> yes. Right. Look at you, like with the old beer, the old beer mug on. That's move. right. I love to it. oblivion. Yeah. Um, now I do. I. I'm not always honest with myself. I overpromise. Um, I want to please people, and I agree to do more than I really have time for mm-hmm. sometimes. So, um, yeah, that I on social media and in the classroom and in my writing, I have felt this kind of urgency um, to. I'm a phrase. Another one I've thought dramatize your inner conflict or die like we have it's going to show up in one way or another and um or what was the other one that you said too like if you don't okay yeah this is from the gospel of thomas you've heard it if you bring forth what is within you what is within you will save you if you do not bring forth what is within you what is within you will destroy you Mm -hmm. and um i think it was the poet gregory orr who brought that to my attention, mm-hmm. and that sounds very right to me. That's kind of one of my opening lines in most of my classes, because I'm, we're going to look at um, sacred traditions, we're going to look at poems, we're going to look at Wendell Berry and some science fiction, <clears throat> and all of it is going to invite us to be honest about the inner situation. Right. Um, and but it is the case that in at home and in family. Um, yeah, sometimes I'm I I avoid and I um delay leveling with myself. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I, and then I act out on the Twitter. Yeah, well, that's very interesting. That is actually yeah, I, interesting. There's easier. the passive aggression of the nine yeah, that comes out an, sideways. Yeah, it's an exchange. Um Yeah, and I, I, I hope I don't go after people, but I do live in hope of a question. And when somebody asks me a question or says, why would you put it that way? It's like, oh, here we go. I can't wait. Like, I'm very energized by the give and take of that. 
Um, I would say, too, that it's actually one way you are a peacemaker because you know that there is no real peace without kind of braving through yes. the conflict. That conflict doesn't so. have to be something that's going to devastate to the point of oblivion. But that's very evolved nine behavior. I agree. Yeah. And that's why I wouldn't want you to kind of throw yourself under the bus right. mm-hmm. because I don't think your Twitter behavior is uh, like, I still think it's um, a kind of peace initiative. I think so. Um, again, maybe back into the slowing the tape down. Mm-hmm. That that is, that's the great gift of even in your classroom when you say, "Look, we're we're going to invite conflict, and yeah. you're going to find out how much more you could handle than mm-hmm. you thought." Yeah, and that's that right. is the gift of that. That is like the gift of maybe even the headwaters, if you will. Like the flow won't stop. Mm-hmm. Like I promise. But yeah. that's what we're trying and to I keep from to happening, right? Like even if you're thinking about the denial of death or something like yeah. that, you're like. We do. We put up all these personas to kind of keep. The f- uh, we think the flow might stop if we. we do. So that is that is that idea. I'm a big Carl Jung fan. Mm-hmm. So, well, as you know, I think I spoke mm-hmm. on some young stuff when we were at Lady, and that idea, like what you most need to know about yourself, is in the place you least want to look. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the, the moment in the Dagobah system when Luke um, and Yoda. Or at the mouth of the cave, and Yoda oh, yeah. says, "You have to go in there." Yes. And uh, Luke says, "What's in there?" And Yoda says, "Only what you take with you." Yeah. <laughs> Which is such a. If that was all we got from Star Wars, <laughs> I mean that that's a major. That is a major. Only what you take. That with you. is that is so true. Now, Sarah, can you? What I'd love to know, because again, um, I. I do have this wonderful love for, for sixes, but I think um, you all can do a much better job of describing your own experience, but I'd like to come in on it in a different way. Can you describe what your opposite would be like? Like, in other words, what, what's the, what would be the other side of six? You know what I mean? Like, what would the opposite of your personality be like in the world? Oh, gosh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. If I can help out with that, I think uh, you are um, hyper aware of uh, what's happening in a group of people. You have said of people, of an interaction, the electricity was all wrong. Mm. And I knew exactly what you were talking about, though I hadn't thought to put it that way. So when I try to contemplate an opposite, I think of you being aloof and unaffected and um, not thinking that everybody is infinitely valuable but you do i mean you you can't help but go to the the most insecure person in the room and try to be an encouragement yeah to them you kind of make a beeline for the hurting person even if it's a uh stranger Mm. um so the opposite would be to be unaffected you can't you can't really hide how you feel um it shows and um it you emanate awareness um even when you aren't verbalizing it it's like people can tell she can tell 
she can tell their tales <laughs> in a way. <laughs> oh, that's so good. And I'll note that there's men like you um, who I knew it was, it always goes great. But there are men who are less um, happy with being asked honest questions. And um, for those men, her honest question can be experienced as a kind of hex or a or a curse or something, mm-hmm. um, even though you don't intend it that way. One mm. of the things that uh, I love uh, about the Enneagram um, is beyond it being a personality inventory that simply describes traits. I think it does something really unique. Is it? Is it reminds you or describes for you the person you were before the world told you who you were supposed to be? Mm. Before all the social constructions and the, you know, the, all, that there really is a person in there that mm. all of us had to abandon a little bit in childhood. So I'm mm. going to go to my songwriter friend first and say, yeah. ask you this question. What, um, I don't want to put this, what were you asked? Uh, thinking through the lens of the end again, right. what were you asked to leave behind in childhood? Huh. That's a great question. Yeah. Well, hmm. I, my first thought is my sensitivity, which is right core to the six, right? It's mm-hmm. the strength and weakness, I guess, too. Um, there was, there were, there was just a lot there was a lot to do with a lot of people growing up, and so it was going to be important to kind of make a self smaller than the um, six needs room to imagine they will get support for mm-hmm. <laughs> being large mm-hmm. in the feelings department. So I think that's probably – does that make sense? Yeah, and I think yeah. – you know, when I think – what can get lost for a six is because you have this, you're deeply motivated by a need to feel uh, safe mm-hmm. and secure and supported, particularly by authority figures or religious structures or inst- political institutions right. or community institutions. Right. Um, that what what gets left behind too, and I don't want to foist this on you, so just mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. for the sake of folks listening, is. Um, uh, the sense that you can trust yourself, that you can trust without self-doubting and yeah. self-questioning, really. That's be a better way of saying it. Yeah. Like, um, to really, like, almost re- reclaim your ground and say, yeah, I'm, I'm, my inner compass is accurate. Right. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I guess that is what is at the heart of the sensitivity, right? The kind of, like, true north, like, you've... The intuition, that kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. if yeah. anxiety is a major issue for yes. sixes, yes, I'm sure is. you've got some funny stories. Right? <laughs> Just some anxiety stories. Oh my gosh, do I have anxiety stories? Oh, well, bring it, I mean, please. I don't. I mean, oh my gosh, I don't know. I mean, having I'm having one right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. David just whispered, "Blue cake." There's a, <laughs> You have but, fear of blue cake? Well, I do I do not have a fear of blue cake. But when I was younger, it was my maybe fifth or sixth birthday, for some reason I wanted a blue cake, and so my mom made one. 
And my aunt came over and she said, I am never coming to this house again if there's a blue cake. This is disgusting. So the blue cake ended up being this thing that represented all, right, all of the... All personal preference. Right, yeah. Gone. It's like, God. <laughs> One of eight cake. children. Oh, forget it, you know. Oh, my gosh. So the blue cake was probably like a founding, foundational story of like what you want what you want okay. what or what you know who you are is right like deep down blue cake sarah was like no well i mean i think and <laughs> what you're also describing is little 90 right which is like your preferences don't that would be a lot big theme for a nine yeah strong theme for nine yeah which is where sixes go in health, right? Which is to the high side of nine, which is where right. all will be well, all will be well. The world is safe There's and the, my higher power's yeah. hands or in God's hands or right. whoever it may be. And, of course, you guys cross each other because when the nine's unhealthy, they go to the low side of six. And you all get paranoid mm. and you get a little feeling like uh, the world's a little out to get us or me, and mm. it's you know. Uh, I dream that sometimes. you get a, you get more. <laughs> yeah, that's all. That's all. That's the only place it shows up with David. Mm. Is what in your dreams? In, in dreams yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, Carl it's Youngland. Here we go. Pretty, uh-huh. pretty comfortable mo- for the most part. I think so. Yeah, which is great. It's good to have. Celebrate well, this is the that. gift of each other, yes, right? That's right. Because that's you, right. when your anxiety flares, sometimes it's because you're right. You should be scared. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. You yeah, know what exactly. I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's and right. he's not scared enough. He's too chill. And yeah. when you're too scared, he gets yeah. to bring the uh, you know he gets to bring that's his little right. little serotonin to the table. Right. You know, that's little, right. Everything's gonna be okay. It's, it's very effective. It's very all grateful good. for that. Yeah. Let me bounce over to you with the same question though, which is, what were you asked as a nine? What were you asked to leave behind in childhood? Yes. Um, well, I have, uh, you know, she kind of waved away the blue cake thing as perhaps incidental and not foundational. A story that I go to sometimes is the memory of doing a drawing of Godzilla um, with the name Godzilla on it and handing it to my grandmother. And she looked at it and said, there's only one God and handed mm. it back to me. Um, so that's one of my early my imagination, my love for the strange, the grotesque, the inexplicably weird. Um, the Flannery O'Connor. The Flannery O'Connor. And now I, again, um, adults say things to us and we um, misperceive or their intention, the way we're struck is different from what was intended. Yes. So I, I have no doubt that I've made more of that memory Um than was what was really going on. But I think, um, yeah, the Flannery O'Connor stuff. I, I love the weird stuff. A trailer for a new Coen Brother film feels like a, a fount of eternal goodness to me. <laughs> like it's a fire hydrant of righteousness. Um, because they see that it's weird. And they um, they take us through it, even when it's murder. And and horrible as O'Connor does, um, yeah. So and so I am drawn to uh, horror films and zombie stuff and all that kind of thing because I I don't know where this would go, but um, Sarah wondered about my zombie film enthusiasm, and you got out of me an answer like, um, oh I, yeah, that was a good. Interview. I do believe that civilization is pretty fragile. And that we're all on the cusp 
of doing something horrible to ourselves and each other. It was like that Saturday Night Live skit. Yeah, this would be too much to go into, but there's an old Will Ferrell skit in which the... uh, it's a daytime morning show. Everybody's happy. And then the uh, teleprompter breaks, and they just don't know what to do. And Will Ferrell's perfect at that because he's like, uh, why don't we go out to those ghettos with some swords? Like, he's describing. <laughs> his subconscious is his like subconscious is awful. making it sway. Awful. Like, somebody better clean that. Yeah. Those poor people have weapons. Like he's, <laughs> and he, the look on his face is one of, I didn't know you were in there, you bigoted, xenophobic yeah. thing. And so, so the teleprompter breaks, and people end up dying there on the set of the show because they go straight to drinking out of skulls type stuff. Um, and I think I think I'm drawn to that because I do think that if we acknowledge it. Um, and that's got to be a union thing, that if you acknowledge what's there, it won't become fate. You'll have some kind of control over it, or you can you can draw it, paint it, tell it, sing it. Um, so I like those forms of um, pop culture artifacts and novels and plays that really go heavy on the horror that could occur. Um, because then you have some kind of control over it. So a book I want to commend to everybody's listening, and mm. I'm sure you guys have read it, um, which is Robert Johnson's book, Owning Your Shadow. Okay. Don't know oh, that. my gosh. It is a short little book. Mm. Okay. Owning Your Shadow, Robert A. Johnson. Uh, not the blues singer, Robert yes. Johnson. Robert A. Johnson. And no, that it, blues singer owned his shadow to yeah. a degree, or mm. got owned by it. You got something, yeah. yeah. It, I'm just saying, though, it's a – it's a short little book by a brilliant Jungian who makes it very, very simple. And for those of you who are probably maybe scratching your head, for mm. those of you who are doing so, the shadow is that part of our uh, person uh, into which we um, we exile or we, we mm. amputate those parts of ourselves that as little people were deemed unacceptable by the culture or by our family or mm-hmm. we perceived were in uh, not compatible with what others expected of us if we and we had to get rid of them because we needed to get our needs met you know we yeah. got to eat you know and be yeah, safe and right. get all that stuff and so we cut those things off and they go into the shadow mm. right uh, and then this is why often in midlife people go like I don't what like who I am is not who I am yeah. and I have to find mm-hmm. my real self and mm-hmm. I it's all that materials in the shadow mm-hmm. and it is some stuff that's very dark you mm-hmm. have cut that dark energy, that piece of you off. And if you don't come deal with it, to your point, yes. it will come get you. Yes. It will come get you whether you, you know, you can put all the locks on the door you want. It's coming. Yes. It, it'll find a way out, right? Mm-hmm. And we've seen that, for example, it's in like the Gabriel Teddy Haggard. Yeah. yeah. It's like in the Ted Haggards of the world or yes. in, you know, the law of the Elliot Spitzer would be a great example, right? Yes. All these people mm-hmm. who have these, this shadow comes up and, you know, just, you know. Yeah. That they have been, it's been split off. It's just split off material. Now, interestingly, in the shadow is also what they call the golden shadow, mm. which is all the beautiful things about you that you amputated. Mm. And yeah. your soul is saying, I want this. This is something that wants to be born through you into the world, and you're not letting it. Mm-hmm. So the, the shadow yeah. also contains very beautiful material. Yeah, that's yeah. lovely. A whole self, right? A whole self. Which is and, beautiful. Yes. And if you can recover that. And see, this is what the Enneagram does, right? It, it, it actually becomes 
a gateway. I'm not saying it's like the panacea, but it is mm. the gateway into those kinds of conversations. If right. you're dealing with it correctly, if you're not just using it as here's how I am. I, this is yeah. my way. It's like, oh, please stop waving the, the eight flag or the seven flag and saying this is who I am. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's not who you are at all. Right. Yeah. That yeah. is actually a persona wrapped around your true self. Mm-hmm. I just want to show you what that is so you can get over it and manage it so it's not such a distraction yeah. so that you can actually start to work on what's your soul mm-hmm. into the deepest places. Yeah. But very few people do it, actually. Mm. They, they really just want to use the Enneagram as sort of a trait thing that, oh, that makes sense out of why I've had three marriages. Let's continue. I mean, it's like right, yeah. sure. it just doesn't really go anywhere. You know, it's, yeah. uh, it's sort of a sad deal. All right. So now, Sarah, what... In your in in your marriage together, like um, I'm on daring ask a daring yeah. question. You ready? Okay. What do you love most about David, and what about him most drives you crazy? <laughs> uh, what I love most about David, and what most drives me crazy. Well, I think that there is. I love so much of what we've already kind of talked about in David that he's kind of got this access to a peaceful state of mind and that's a real I think that's a real gift in a world full of fear from my standpoint point anyways um I think there's a kind of unselfconscious equanimity too to the mm. way he interprets all the strange things like literally when we were talking about the horror films. It was like an interview. It was like, who are you? Like, so <laughs> we've known each other for however many years, you know. What is it about this genre that you keep going back to? Because it clearly didn't appeal to me in the same way. But I really wanted to know. And um, David's always up for a very beautiful tangent. Like, there's no tangent that's a time constraint. It's all roads lead back to something potentially interesting, mm. which makes for a whole interesting life, right? So nine, it's like too. super and super authentic. I think that's probably a word that gets used or overused or whatever. But so I love that, and something that drives you crazy drives me crazy about nine, as, and you know, through the lens of the enneagram, maybe. I think the things that tend to drive me crazy about anybody, though, are probably things that I haven't figured out how to have equanimity in the face of. So I think it says as much about or more about mm-hmm. me than it does about David. Mm-hmm. But it would probably have to be the uh, – I, I love to plan, and that's not something – Yes, you do. That Yeah. <laughs> and there are plenty of things you just can't plan for. I That's been my work, too, but – um, but there are some things you really can plan for, and it's like a puzzle. It's interesting to me. That's that's kind of my thing. Um, and I I think there are times when I think it doesn't matter how many ways I try to explain this love. It's not on that beautiful map that has so many interesting things in his perception land. And I can, and then that can send me into my place of like. Am I in another country? Am I am, am I alone in this? Is this like who's right? Like is well, your fear that I'm just spinning. I, I try to pay you, and I mean it. Yeah. When I express deep amazement for who you are and what you say, right? And, all, and your thriving 
um, in interactions with people in your work and <clears throat> and all of it, but you have a fear that I'm just spinning um, as I seem to be capable <laughs> of doing with any number of situations. Right. Like I'm, I'm just really good at a positive spin. Yes. That may not be true. Well, I think that's how you perceive me okay. saying, like talking about your spinning, though. Yeah. Because I would say I'm not actually dogging myself, to use an old term mm-hmm. from Detroit growing up. It's more just like I'm trying to hold up, I'm trying to read from the book of what happened. And yeah. what happened sounds bad, mm-hmm. but it's really just the preface to what can become better based on what happened. So it's actually yeah. quite an analytical look at, you know, it's like this this broke down and everybody's okay. Mm-hmm. But the fact of me going back to the breakdown can feel like the wet blanket. But really it's kind of like trying to piece together the structure to find out what was weak about it mm-hmm. so that we build something better next time. Does right. that make so, sense? Totally. So and it's like a, it's a pretty like detailed thing yeah. that is understandably not interesting, but from a certain quiet perspective, it will keep us building something that won't fall apart in that way again. Mm-hmm. It might fall yeah. apart in another way. So what I, what I hear you saying is that, that you're in, in sixes – are planners yeah big planners nines not so much no nines uh i'd love to see your lesson plans oh you there's nothing there (laughs) yeah it's like tumbleweeds like literally like in that file on the computer it's like there's a syllabus and there's stuff we're gonna read but i like it being directed by a question that arises at the beginning. Yeah. And there it is. And, and it works. Plan it. And, and that's it a does, domain yeah. I would I lift up and like, isn't mm. that cool? That's yes. amazing. And like, it would drive some people if crazy. If you have his intellect. If you, you, you yeah, you know his I mean? memory recall is like, I'm sorry, when, what? You're right. So, but I would say, so you're, you're sixes, five, sixes, and sevens, sixes though, really. Big, big planners. Part of that is worst case scenario planning. Mm-hmm. It also sounds like what you're doing is autopsy, right? You're you're like, okay, what went wrong? It's yeah. almost like, okay, if I can figure out what went wrong, we can prevent that from happening in the future, yes. which is kind of a worst case scenario prep thing. It's like, I'm going to do my research to make sure that worst case thing that did happen will not happen Again. Right. Is that is that yes. kind of what I mean? And I would, to kind of like, you know, pump up the jams for the sixes, I would say <laughs> that the things that were autopsying, is that, the, is that a word? It is now. Yeah, it it's is verbicide, now but we'll take it. Um, they, there are things that have to do with human thriving, mm. not like... Mm-hmm. Petty things. Mm-hmm. So I will. I will say that that that's kind. That can be a real gift. From yes, but I think that's a reflection of your depth because I grew up around a lot of sixes, and mm. some of it was kind of petty. It mm. was things like you know, I won't bore our people because they've heard me talk about this before. But it was things like you know. Um, you know, if you see a bag with no uh, unattended on the street, run, <laughs> or <laughs> you know, or like you know, um, when you 
if you have a pain in your chest, it's not gas. Oh, it's it's it's, it's a bypass. Oh, I'm Get so to sorry. the emergency. You know what I mean? Oh, it was sort of I like, hope yeah. I'm not. Uh, it was always like waiting, uh, waiting for the you know. And part yes. of it was too is this Cold War world, you know, and everything was about to go mm. wrong, and you know, get yeah. the canned goods in the basement, and blah blah blah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was like you know whatever. It was um, yeah. You know, kind of. That stuff, you know, it was yeah. down into the minuscule. I'm so I sorry. think no, 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 no. Like I said, therapy. I've had a lot of therapy. It's, <laughs> right. it's all good. been lather, rinse, great. repeat. It's yeah. all good, you know. Um, I'm so glad I came around to talking about me. Anyway, the four is now just going. Oh, thank God. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> like Stephen Fry. I just went all Stephen Fry. Okay, so um, hero of mine. Anyway, uh, w- what I wanted to say though was spinning. On the nine. Mm-hmm. When you talk about spinning, are you talking about inertia? Like just sort of spinning and it's just not going anywhere? It's not getting forward momentum? No, what do you mean by spinning? great question. No, this would be spinning a positive yeah. look oh, on things. Oh, spinning, spinning. Like right. reframing. Like, like, yep. Yes, oh. right? So it's kind of like, well, you know, it wasn't necessarily bad. And it's like, well, I'm not saying it was bad. I'm actually just it's talking what about what happened. Right. Mm-hmm. And... Um, but I, yeah. So there's a there's a bit of a a breakdown there. Yeah, but, I've late, as we've grown together, I've gotten better at when facts are presented. It's like hold off. You know that you can come up with a story that's see. It's good that this happened, right? So I check myself. Is that to is that to sustain inner peace? Like you just don't want to live with the distance of the fact that no, well, actually, I can't see any redemption in that occurrence. Mm. I think it's, um, well, I am speaking of our Sarah and me talking about things. Okay. And I know that I have it within me to explain something away um, before I've had the opportunity to register the Mm -hmm. fact of it. Okay. So I think I've, I think I've been helped in that, um, in our conversations. So, yes. And I would say as a six too that. There are some sorrows that are worth kind of being yep. in for a while. Yeah. That, that, that's part of the work of the six not being afraid, too, is practicing mm-hmm. being afraid mm. and yes. not letting it overwhelm you so that you're someone who can really be with another person who's going through a tremendous amount of conflict, yeah. which is certainly what I experience every day. I, do you know I work at a library? I don't know if you knew that. Yes, I did. At a junior high school library. and uh, Where there are many dramas, probably. Many traumas and a whole math full of mini traumas of kid realities you know passing through your very real physical space and where do you put that how do you hold it how do you be with people and then also walk away you know intact and not afraid or paranoid about the culture mm-hmm. and this is where we you know david is talking about the culture in really large theoretical spaces mm-hmm. he lives it too i would say mm-hmm. that for sure i don't think it has I to be compartmentalized at a public school library. i don't think it's comparable yeah. but i'm what i'm saying is that there are different ways that people practice these um these these things these um mm-hmm. you know ways of talking about ideas and how they yeah play out and that kind of thing and we have 
we have very different ways of doing that. But but it's the same topics, I guess. Yes. May, I'm getting off a little bit. No, no, it's good. So let's flip it, David. Uh, and by the way, Sarah, we have to do a song. So I, you are not leaving here. You are a brilliant singer-songwriter. We are not leaving here without a little Sarah Mason goodness. I we are not doing that. Love so to play a song. Great. So, David, what what is it that you love most about being married to Sarah the Six? And what is it that drives you crazy about Sarah the Six? Okay, so she is relentlessly, accidentally lyrical. Um, her lines, I feel like one of my reasons for being is to write down the things she says and doesn't realize hurry up and that matter she said for them. example yeah. no i've made a lot of that phrase um that made it into my dissertation actually hurry up and matter oh. um but yeah just a relentless i said one time if apocalyptic is unveiling if apocalyptic is an unmasking of things she emanates apocalyptic she is always um inviting people um, to be truer in their characterization of themselves in what hurts them and what they're inspired by. She used to ask people who read, what have you read lately that changed your mind? Which is a great question. I don't ask that that much anymore. (laughs) Okay, but now you'll say, what do you love? You don't want to ask people what do they do for a living. It's what do you love? Mm. And that's a lovely question to be asked. Yes, it is. Um, and to try and mull over. Um, so there's that. And she's really, um, I can get sort of dark with my humor. Um, but she's even darker. <laughs> I mean, she really is. And she doesn't unleash it on people. I mean, like every couple of days, she'll say something really dark. And I'll just laugh. And it's like, no one knows. I am the only. <laughs> I wish you had an example. You I have the, share, I'm not but you're probably going to do it. But I'm the lone audience to to her deep awareness of the deep darkness. I I think the horror films can kind of make me more aware of what's out there. She's always already there, um, already. Um, feeling deeply in her bones that this is a dangerous world or these are the things that could happen or this is like where human beings can go it's like uh so maybe on the drive me crazy thing it is as if no um positive reinforcement or compliment deep compliment um can last for long for her for her receiving it yes Ah. yeah so i want her to know her own um, success and thriving, and you knocked it out of the park with that kid at the library or with that song or with all of that. And so what a a deep longing for her is that she would really know not just her own worth, but her own, and success isn't the right word, um, a sense of her own thriving. Um, And that can sometimes seem elusive well you know six is yeah sixes forget successes and so everything the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is right so let's say you you know you just you know you just did a 10 night run at madison square garden and every Mm. single night people rush the stage just to touch the hem of your garment you you know four months later when you're playing at madison square garden you'd be fretting a lot of times because you have to remind the six you you do remember that four months ago you just did 10 (laughs) nights of sold out shows and everybody adored you and they'd be like well this time it's like almost there's a little bit of 
Yeah. Uh, so I remind her of the compliments a lot. Yeah, and and, yeah. and of successes, and and also I think sixes struggle with success because it puts a spotlight on them, and mm. when they're in the spotlight, it makes them anxious because it's like, well, now I'm more vulnerable to attack. Everybody can see me. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never mean, thought of that. Now I will. Yeah, no, well, kidding. I mean, sixes. I mean, that's a that's a textbook. That's not original to me. That's a very textbook uh, sort of characterization of sixes, and the, as mm. they explain out of their own experience, it's like, well, I don't mind it for a little while. I like mm. to be recognized, but I don't want to be recognized for too long because then I'm. I'm out there in the public eye or I'm more vulnerable, you know, because I'm exposed uh, or held up individually. And I'd rather be corporately, you know. Part of something, yeah. Where it's safer. Right. If I'm in the middle of the herd, I don't want to be separated from the herd. You all know what happens to Impalas when they, you know, get separated from the herd. Mm. They get picked off. It's like, no, I want to be inside the herd. So they want to be out for a little bit, but not so long that uh, they get over-noticed. Does that ring true? Or? I think, well, I think so. I don't know. I don't the know. scope is a big thing, for, a very healthy. What's the scope? What can we actually do? What can, who can we, um, we're, we're very hospitable people. Um, but a worry is we get stretched so thin that we're not present to each other mm-hmm. or we aren't present to people who have good reason um, to expect more attentiveness of us. And I'll note quickly that in the 90s, when um, when we met, Sarah had a record deal and her music was on television and she was playing pretty big crowds. And what was always interesting was she, um, that thing where somebody gets to a place where they don't have time for all of the people that like your music, um, she was always going to have time for anybody who had a question she was never going to think of um, people who loved what she did as anything other than conspirators, collaborators, community to her. Yeah, um, yeah part and- of a, a large whole, which is maybe kind of what we started the whole conversation about, which is we all kind of possess the face of God, right? Like there's so many things I admire about fours, right? The ability to be a strong individual self in the midst of so much conformity, so much really harmful conformity, right? Mm-hmm. And so much fear-driven and success-driven and wrong motives toward, you know, whatever. And that's, that's so much energy. That's like a majority energy in the world, right? It's like misplaced desire, yeah. right? Yeah. Or avoidance or all yeah. these other things we kind of hit on a little bit. But the four is like this yeah. beautiful example of kind of here's where mm-hmm. we aren't gonna kind of have to justify beauty and value right now we're just gonna be mm-hmm. fully alive in us and go there and trust that this is gonna be the right thing kind of thing that's a real mm-hmm. gutsy beautiful thing i see i mean there's little points like that in every single individual sure. and i think when it comes to us person like our kind of operation we are trying to live in a balanced way that's Mm -hmm. you know to be as whole as we can with the tools we have at this moment in time and admit where we're wrong and all those things which is so that and again bringing us back to the beginning what you're saying is i think and and so i don't want to be presumptuous but what I hear you saying is, we want to live as awake as we can. Yes, yeah. yes, and Wholeness. yes, and so whatever, 
There's so there's just myriad distractions, right? Legion, really, if you want to get biblical. Mm-hmm. And what can we do to get back to helpful center? You know, these the the numbers help us to kind of keep identifying with the ways that we distract ourselves yes. from ourselves yes. from that true center, right? Yeah. So it's kind of hat tipping to neuroses, like, oh, hello, little neuroses, there you are. Yes, yeah, that's like I see awakeness. you and I bow to you, and oh, I love I'm gonna that. go do this thing that you're gonna be nervous about, little neuroses six. Yeah, but we're gonna be fine. <laughs> I've got Dave here, right got yeah, Ian. That's a wake. That's wakefulness, <laughs> Mr. Skinner. <laughs> and I love that. And this is not an original idea to me. I wish it was, but I haven't heard it in very many places, which is, you know, people always ask me, what number is Jesus? They always ask me, what number is Donald Trump? What number is Jesus? Two two most predictable questions mm-hmm. I get. And I always tell people, you know that big white field in the middle of the Enneagram? That's Jesus's time. Mm-hmm. He's not on the wheel. You know what I mean? Like he's, <laughs> he is in the middle where all of that is available. It's like he knows. Contains multitudes. Yes, yeah. it contains multitudes. He knows what to do, when to do it, the the measure to which he should do it, and he does it for the right reasons. It's just like Aristotle, right? With all the virtues, it's like he does it does the right thing at the right time in the right measure for the right reasons, you know. And he has access to peace when he needs it, and if he needs to, it's almost like a color wheel, right? Oh, we need a little eight, and we need another little two at the same time, and so you know, if these are if one is white and the other one's black, we're gonna find the gray here, and mm-hmm. and we're gonna lob that at this situation. So it's it's this this is that part of the enneagram which is really and the big word here is discernment. Which mm-hmm. of these what does love require of me right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It requires me to be a nine when mm-hmm. I really feel like being an eight. Or it's like, mm-hmm. no, but I'm awake. Mm-hmm. So I know what the moment requires, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And this moment requires a Sarah Mason song. <laughs> <laughs> well, I may have one. That was me trying to transcend my sickness without denying my sickness. Sickness. Your sickness. <laughs> sickness. Sickness. Yeah, sickness. Yeah. What do you want the enneagram? I'm a sick. Sick. There were about. Uh, there was a while where Dave was not what we called non-traditionally employed, yes. and this is when we um, read the Pema book. Chodron, yeah. yeah. By the way, while you're while you're getting ready to go there, just because I want people to know about it, first yeah. of all, that book is a fabulous book. And the title is again. Um, the places that the scare places you. Yes. Scare you. And there's another book of hers I love, which is When Things Fall Apart. Oh yeah, mm. that's a good one too. Okay, and so yeah. for sixes, boy, are those two great books or what? Yeah. When yeah, things fall they apart. Are, yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Sarah, tell us tell us about this song. Okay. Um, what books did we read to each other when you were non-traditionally employed? We would have read James Carr's Finite, Finite and Infinite, Infinite Games, Games, another great I book. I read that book on your oh, suggestion. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. And the Pima Chodron. Yeah. And uh, a lot of Thich Nhat Hanh. Thich Nhat Hanh, that's right. And Daniel Berrigan, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so these were a little bit scary. Dave was looking for a job, and uh, we, we thought we might have to, you know, like, move out of the house and I mean it was just tough so this is a song called employment this was me comforting ourselves pen to paper write out the poetry the mystery the tiny seed the growing tree the history 
Theologians in the cupboards wondering What will we eat? Mercy, love, improvisation, flour, water, yeast Alchemy Is it enough? I just feel like that was such a perfect benediction and, and like you know I love it when you know that there's like those nanoseconds after the song is over that hang the silence is so audible mm-hmm. as it hangs yeah. like you know a little moat in the moats in the <laughs> in the sun shafts you yeah. know and you just like float there like little mm-hmm. slow the tape down Slow yeah. the tape Slow down. The so I'm <laughs> so grateful for that. You have a new single out, don't you? Like you, what? what had, tell me about that. Well, the... I had a single that came out in January, right? And then um, there's another one. Oh yeah, um, the Three Strangers. Right. And um, that's from a poem, isn't it? Is it Dylan you, Thomas? You draw from Gregory Orr and uh, Dylan Thomas. Yeah, yeah. but it's uh, Charlie Peacock. Charlie produced, produced it. it. Yeah, uh-huh. he's working on some more too. We're just we're getting ready to release some more. Which is great. When's that dropping? When? We don't know yet. Okay. And where do people go to find out? iTunes, yeah. And my website, sarahmason.com. And that's with an E, everybody. It's with an E. Thank you. S A R A H M A S E N. Yes. 
You want to make sure that you go to the right place because who knows who Sarah Mason with dot com is with an O. We just don't need to know. And we don't need to know. Um, but David's also got a book that's being reissued, which yep. we're really excited yes, about. Yes, tell us. Yes, okay. So Life's Too Short to Pretend You're Not Religious was the last book. And the revised version of an old one is The Possibility of America. And that's Ooh, well timed. In March. Yeah. Well timed. I believe so. Mm. I love the two of you. We ah, love you too. We love you. We Thank do. You for it's us. so good. I wish we could just do five episodes right now, but we you, <laughs> we have children and a life to it's live true. and things to plan. We've got more money. And things to spin. That's right. <laughs> so much spinning. <laughs> There's the show title. That's right. Anyway, we love you both on typology and Thank you. please come again and I give you I give you my little I bow to the divine one in you and i say namaste to you two and to all our listeners of typology until next time (laughs) remember the words of the great oscar wilde be yourself everybody else is already taken Man, it was such a pleasure to have David Dark and Sarah Mason on our show today. And I want to remind all of you folks that, again, we've created a few great holiday products that will let you share the gift of the Enneagram with your family, your friends, and your co-workers this year. Right now, we're offering Enneagram mugs and t-shirts for all nine types. So, if you're looking for something extra special and fun to put under the family tree as a stocking stuffer or as a gift of appreciation to give a coworker or team member, look no further, friends. Go to www.iancron.com forward slash shop to get one now. Joy and peace to you. Need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 